Hey everybody, welcome back to the Second Opinion Podcast. I have Katie here, myself, and then we also have Dr. Krishna Tawari. Or KT. Or KT and in KT. I wanted to bring him in today to ask him a little bit how he started his company. Because I don't know if you guys know, but he is a physician, but he also began a company full of physicians. So how did it all start? That's a loaded question. <laughs> so I think you're referring to Inpatient Specialist Group. Is that the name? <laughs> well, that's the only company I know I've started. So I hope I'd be nice if I started more. I don't know about, I guess. So you started Inpatient Specialist Group. I did. What year? 2018. Okay. So it's been what? Four coming up on five Almost years? Almost five years now. Yeah. Okay. And How many physicians were you starting out? Well, um, about four and a half years ago, it was me. So just one. And then uh, very quickly, I was able to recruit about two physicians. So just a little background history. So um, I was with another big company here in town, and I was a partner of that company. And I had this opportunity that came to me to say, hey, look, you know, why don't you just go open up your own? And, um, you know, I had... Within a hospital, so we're a bunch of inpatient physicians, so-called hospital medicine, right? Hospitalists. So, so hospitalists. Hospitalists, so yeah. So you only work in the hospital. Only work in the hospital. Well, and, and like rehab centers and post called long-term care. Yeah, post-acutes. What the lay people would be like, a, a nursing home. A nursing home, yeah, mm -hmm. fun places, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then what does a hospitalist do? What's your like kind of role of being a doctor in the hospital? So we're the type of physicians I always say to people, the ones you don't really want to see, because uh, usually means you're sick enough to be in the hospital. And we have the capacity to take care of people who may come in with maybe something simple. You get, a, you get an infection in your skin just after maybe you got cut on something and you need IV antibiotics. Uh, could be more serious things like uh, congestive heart failure, pneumonia, um, anything that may put you in a hospital. So when you go wait in the emergency room, it's not because of us. It's usually because the ER people, they're busy. But once they do enough tests on you, they realize, uh, well, you're sick enough. And we're going to call a doctor or a team, and they're going to be the ones that's going to be taking care of you uh, for your entire hospital stay. So we're that team. We're those physicians that take care of those patients. And you'll consult another group if, if they need maybe more yeah. specialized care. If they need specialists, we could bring them on board. Typically, though, um, you know, we do, we are, we have the capacity or, or the ability to manage critical care patients. Uh, sometimes we are in certain hospitals, obviously smaller communities, like you can run the entire show, ICU, everything. Um, so now, obviously, you're in a bigger town, bigger hospital. Uh, you definitely have more backing with specialists and, and uh, other fields of medicine. Uh, but typically, we're, we're, we have the ability to manage almost, almost everything, um, you know, minus surgical stuff. Uh, but, you know, procedural stuff that may require throwing in a central line and doing other minimally invasive. Um, you know, we have training for that. Hmm. So, so you start this company. It's Correct. just you. You're on your your rogue, kind of. Sure. And then you bring I'm a couple rogue. more. So then yeah. you bring a couple more. Uh huh. Bring a couple more in. Well, it's any... hard to recruit, right? Because you're starting fresh, so people are like, "Okay, what's going on here?" Am like, I, who's I'm, a part of your group? Like well, you have no me. history, minus just your experience. But like, you know, would you go to someone if like, hey, 
I'm opening up shop. Why don't you just come and join? It's a difficult recruiting process to try How'd to do you that. Smooth people over and be like, well, it's just me, but I'm Took them great. a happy hour and, you know, kept feeding them drinks. And that works. Well, it did, yeah. <laughs> so uh, did you have any, like, issues starting well, up? Well, I mean, you know, I have experience, obviously. I was chief hospitalist for a hospital for four years. I have started up in my old company. I pretty much started the entire internal uh, the inpatient medicine side of everything. And then I also recruited uh, most of the physicians, about 90% plus within that company, and then um, also managed that and set up the post-acutes, like the nursing homes and everything, because for people who know the insurance world or, or healthcare, we were an ACO, accountable care organization. So Money matters, quality matters, value-based care medicine really matters. So you have to really know how to um, build and design that, I call it an ecosystem, right? When someone is sick, you know, you don't want to be that person who goes to the hospital, you're sick and you're waiting, waiting, and then you're, you know, you, let's say you get admitted to the hospital and you're just lying there and everyone asks, what, what's really being done to me? Mm-hmm. So you want to be that team of doctors who are, thinking ahead, trying to figure out a plan for them, try to get their uh, medical care, and then not only look at that component of things, but also when they go home, um, you know, the the whole country is changing in terms of what's called quality metrics and value-based medicine. So we have to focus on making sure those people don't return back to the hospital. They go straight to their primary care physician who actually manages them, our specialists, and it is our uh, you know, responsibility to assure that they stay healthy or they stay at least at bay and can be managed from an outpatient and they don't have to return back to the hospital. So even though you're an inpatient physician, I know this, but for everybody else, you have to have a pretty close-knit relationship with primary care outpatient clinics, outpatient yeah. services? Sure. They are the ones who give us business and they're the ones who trust us to take care of their patients uh, you know, I would say they're they're lending us their patients because uh, they have enough faith in us to ensure that we're going to take good care of them and and um, send them back to where they came Return from them. and yeah and make sure that they're uh, at least a plan if they're not better at least there's a plan to make it better and the appropriate testing and workup was done so that it makes their life simple and easy and they can now go on with continuing their workup and managing that patient. Hmm. So you, now you have, let's say fast forward, now you have like 10 physicians. So, well, I'll give you a little background. Okay. So start off with two and um, I had a non-compete with my old company. So What's a non-compete so for the other people to know? For me to know, it's basically when you leave a company, you have to stay away from your existing place of work for a period of time. Mine was two years and a radius of miles. So I could not go work in a hospital that was within a you know five mile radius let's say so okay. uh, for me i had opportunity to start at tampa general actually um it's a level on trauma here in tampa and it's a mammoth i trained there i did my residency and training there so it was actually a pleasure to go back there because i had not been back there in a little bit and that was the first hospital where we started with two doctors and very quickly, I would say within a couple of months, our our number of patients that we're seeing daily grew. We call it a mm-hmm. census. It almost doubled and tripled. And through that process, started adding a couple more, a few more doctors. And, um, you know, people knew my name, but they probably didn't know. When you're looking at a new 
professional coming in, everyone like, oh, well, you know, everyone kind of talks a big game, but it's all about showing people that you're responsive, you're showing quality, that you care for these patients, you respond to phone calls, text messages, and people all of a sudden are like, oh, well, this guy does everything. So um, started build, able to build business based on that pretty exponentially. So you started at Tampa General. Are you only at Tampa General now? No. Now we are at, my gosh, um, i say about four counties. We are at um, how many hospitals? It's grown a lot. I don't have the number of hospitals on the top of my head, but at least. I'd say about 10. Yeah, at least 10. 10 hospitals and about, I think we're at 24 facilities between all these counties and together. That includes our post-acute. How many employees would you say on average? Well, today we're about 70 employees. That is insane. So you started off with just yourself. Now you have 70 employees that yeah. you manage. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a administrative team that helps manage, yes. <laughs> Including myself. Yeah. You're part of the clinical administrative team. Yes, yes. So let's hear some setbacks. It sounds like it was easy. There's no way it could have been that easy. Everybody would be doing it. Well, um, I nothing was ever easy, um, number one. Number two, um, it you know, there's a whole medicine side of things, and then there's a whole business side of things. You know, I didn't go get my MBA or anything like that, but uh, I was always told, which I think this always this holds true, that it's not just the IQ, it's the EQ as well. So I used to be involved uh, pretty intimately in all the meetings and all the discussions that behind the scenes with the hospitals. So I knew what hospitals were looking for. I knew what uh, primary care doctors were looking for. I knew what insurance companies were looking for. So I tried to build a system that would, you know, you can't please everybody, but at least we'll find an in-between on everything so that you can, um, you know, please the hospital that you're at, that you're privileged at, the primary care physicians that are uh, giving you the business. And, and of course, insurance companies, because we all know uh, whether we know it or not, we're being graded by insurance companies because they do dictate a lot. They, you know, as you know, they tell us, what tests you can sometimes run, what you cannot run, uh, where patients can go post-discharge and, you know, where they cannot go. And it's not always the best, but unfortunately, you're dealing with that part of it, too. So there's a whole business side of, you know, uh, I mean, there's a payroll, there's forming, you know, you have to get your benefits going, you have to um, have a business plan, number one, right? I never really wrote a business plan before and uh, never had any help, but... I had to figure out how to do a business plan. I had to figure out what the projection of growth was going to be, and I completely under-projected it. I didn't think we were going to grow that fast. So it grew maybe too fast than we you were ready like for? We grew like crazy. I mean, it, so I'm all about growth. I, people that know me, it's Never I'm like, ends. bring it, bring it. I don't care. Like, I'll do 24-7, bring everything you got, and make sure you get the best. But, um, you know, unfortunately, when you have a company – then there's your internal growth that you want to have. And then there's also setting up policies and procedures that will accommodate your growth at the same time, which, you know, that's, that was one thing I learned is very difficult. And mm-hmm. it's some growing pains of starting a company. Mm. Is there anything you wish you could have gone back and maybe tweaked or changed? I mean, there's always stuff you could go back, tweak and change. But, um, I mean, I probably would have slowed the growth a little bit, mm-hmm. number one. Um, 
you know, when hiring sometimes, you know, COVID really threw a kink at us because I was going to bring that, that up. did, uh, that did affect our, um, affected our growth. It affected our ability to really, um, how we started the company was such high quality. And then now we're thrown into a fire that, cause if we're doing the math here, COVID, what, three years ago, 2020. Yeah. Three years ago, company started almost five years ago. Dead in the middle. It is us. right in the middle of like yeah. when you're in prime success. So we had some really good uh, business that we developed in the in the Pinellas County and other hospitals. So you actually grew business from COVID. No, no. So what I was oh. getting at is that we had business, and then we had to take away physicians at certain hospitals where we're managing COVID patients to help support it, just to support that. Mm-hmm. And that was a trouble because. We weren't prepared for that. We didn't know. You Nobody know, was. No one was. But, you know, our person was putting 19 hours a day for like eight weeks, 10 weeks. Mm. Um, and as you know, um, uh, you know, people were burning out and very quickly. And it was it was an overwhelming situation that we weren't prepared. But when you're in the middle of a business, you're not expecting that. And then, no. you know, you deal with that part of it. And it sets you back. It sets back your company who's been around for years, but yet we were new. So it set us Brand back new. no matter what. Yeah. So you had the burnout yourself, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I never like to say burnout, but I'm sure. I don't think you ever will be. But you had some burnout in your own physicians. Did you see that ripple effect in the next couple years, like now after COVID? Yeah, I mean, uh, COVID changed everything. I think it changed medicine and healthcare. It did change the fact that how do you predict a future pandemic from happening? Mm -hmm. What do you do? What do you learn from the mistakes that happen? that we weren't prepared for. How do you put it together and how do you formulate a, a plan for something like that? You mm-hmm. know, because um, it, that part's very, very difficult to try to to place when you don't know what to expect. But I think obviously if a, an, another pandemic were to come, then we would all have teaching points and learning lessons of how to do it right or do it better. Mm-hmm. Not to know there's a, a right formula for something like that, but. Um, what do you tell your employees? like? Because it went on for, I'd say, around two years. COVID yeah. really went on for around two years. What would you tell them? Just have to bear with us. I mean, it was hard. I don't know what else to say. I mean, we we were throwing extra pay, extra shift work uh, as best as we can. At some point, I think no matter how much money you threw would not matter because people were just burned out. So tired. Yeah. Right. No one really wanted to, uh, you know, they had their own you know, family and their own like personal life to deal with as well. But, um, you know, you kind of get to the point where you try to find extra help and think outside the box on how to find it. Well, you guys pulled through. We pulled through. But, yeah, I think, you know, we're still feeling the lasting effects from it. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's uh, it's I think it's a teaching point for the world, not just us. Do you have for people who are trying to start their own business any recommendations to do, not to do? Well, I mean, um, first of all, I think everyone has the wanting to do it, I guess. It's something that I think everyone should try because starting your own business, I mean, we live in a society where the opportunity is there. You could go open up an LLC today, right now, and technically have a business plan and be ready to go. So, um, you know, I think that depending on what the type of business in terms of the medical field I think I've definitely learned a lot. There's like you have to learn about the different insurances. You have to learn about the reimbursement. You have to learn about your billing, which we've had several billing companies because you know you think that 
everyone sells you the same speech that, oh, we're mm-hmm. the best. We do this, that, that. So you kind of fall for it. Um, and, and, you know, not that everyone's horrible, but you learn. Now mm-hmm. you know exactly what, you know, to really ask for versus hear their, their pitch and, you know, kind of say, okay, well, for the sake of it, I'll hire you. But, you know, now we put a lot more time and effort into really – trying to dissect the situation and find out what, what there is. And then you have to find out physicians, malpractice. We're a very expensive payroll. Physicians are mm-hmm. not, you know, their their salaries are more generally higher. They're, they're not cheap. Their liability is higher. Um, their needs are higher. The benefits in general are usually higher. So there's a, there's a cost that comes to that that you really have to uh, put together. And then, you know um, – you onboard a physician, and it takes what? Like by the time you have them registered with all the insurances, oh, have them credentialed, it takes credentialed like everything. Months. There's that time, and then there's credentialing of the insurance companies, so that you actually get paid in the registered insurance. That's another uh, several months Couple that you months. have to do. So, you know, um, it's a big investment into yeah. each person. You are really investing, putting a lot of time and effort, a lot of manpower from the administrative side. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, if you have turnover, then it could be frustrating because you, you put you, all that time and effort yeah. into that person and you're thinking that they're going to benefit the company and us benefit them. Right. You know that just from even oh, yeah, no, I know that. <laughs> even ordering uniforms for people. Even the little things like you get their coat all perfect, their white coat all embroidered and yeah. you're like, hmm, what do we do with this? Right. <laughs> so then you have that. And then of course we, you know, we don't have just physicians. We have nurse practitioners. We have PAs. Mm-hmm. And they're a huge APRNs. We got yeah, them all. They're a huge asset to the company, and they keep us alive. They keep us going. And yes, um, you know, there's there's all kinds of components you have to look at. Then there's all, of course, everything comes down to liability. You mm-hmm. know, um, that that's really what you're you're looking at when you own a company. What are all the liability points? And have you thought of everything? Do you have everything covered? Mm-hmm. Do you have insurance for this? Do you have insurance for that? And you know, you're going to have months that are not going to be generating much income. What do you do, um, you know, when you're not, you know, because you have to make payroll and you yeah, have to ensure that say, you have to do I mean, everything. The business side of it can be, I feel like, extremely stressful. Right. And then you have to do uh, P&Ls, you know, at each location, profit and losses, you know, mm-hmm. where what is the expense of maintaining that location and what is the revenue coming in, particularly at that location. Then you have to make some really strong decisions hard decisions, do you keep that place alive or do you just move on and, you mm-hmm. know, uh, go to a different location and and uh, diversify your, your people? And then you have to look so deep down and get back to the core of it and it's like, all right, we're treating patients. Yeah. That's what we are doing. Yeah. I think when you go back, the biggest difficulty for me is maintaining culture because when I started this company, it was all about you know, as everyone made a joke. They go, why do you, why do you call it ISG? Why do you just call it Tawari? Because everyone just knows it was you. Like, why didn't you call it yeah, Tawari like Specialist something, Group instead of know. Inpatient Specialist But group. it's that culture because when you – it goes to growing too fast because, you know, I used to say, look, we – it's like a concierge medicine. Like, you do this and you make promises. But as you grow, you hire people and, you know, you, though hope you, that you they, say that culture yeah. to them and you hope. But – you know, it's not as engraved as it is. You know. Well, it's not like your baby. Like the company was your baby. You, right. You... But you want to make it so that – and that's the tough part where I'm going at. You want to make it so they understand it mm-hmm. and they live it as much as you do because you don't want it to be just because it's my baby. I want it to be Yours. everyone's baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I want them to experience like the, the, the part of it that excites them as much as it will excite anyone else. But and that's tough because I think we – 
we had those ups and downs of, you know, uh, everyone does get excited and then, well, you have some rough patches and then And then let's throw a pandemic in there. (laughs) And then, so how do you maintain that culture? So it's tough to say, okay, you know, you want to try to have that, 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 uh, openness of everyone saying, you know, hey, this is great. It's great. You're not going to get that every day. It's like, yeah. how do you put out this fire, that fire? And, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's fires that you don't even know that exist until like, you know, sometimes it's a brush fire <laughs> and then it's a little bit more than what you expect. Right. And you have to keep going back to the root of the culture and the passion and, right. and the why. why and you, you always have it. to go down to, you know, the root cause of, mm-hmm. of, you know, exactly what happened and how do we fix this? And you have to have a great team, um, you know, mm-hmm. great administrative team that understands exactly they could, you know, predict my move, you know, two moves Mm -hmm. ahead before even I predict it. Mm -hmm. They have to understand that, hey, this is how it should be. This is how you want it to be. And those are your people, those soldiers that are really going to try to help put things together, Mm -hmm. you know, for your for your army, so to speak. What do you think of your army? You got a 70 ish person army now. That's an amazing team. I mean, they're huge. We're huge. We're huge. And yes, we've had growing pains, but I think that everyone has been, I mean, the compliments that I get from everywhere, like, they're like, not only have you put a good team together, like, how do you manage to put such good quality people together? Mm -hmm. Because that's hard. That's really hard. I have to say I was really good at that because I did have a good eye for trying to find talent and and turning nothing into something as well, because you have to realize you people giving the opportunities and letting them have that buy-in is really big. But I think the biggest thing is, and it's nice to hear the compliments of, wow, this physician did this, this you know nurse practitioner did this, or this PA did that, and had a phone call with your administrator, and she's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, when people compliment that and they realize that, and they're like, you're so big so quick, how were you able to get such great people, you know, to surround you? I think that, you know, that was... That's an amazing thing. And, you know, of course, you every company has good people. And, you know, every company has, you know, people that we think we brought them to the right place. And you realize, you know, and that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that goes through trial and error for people. And, um, you know, that's 100% okay. Well, I'm glad you have such a strong team. I mean, it's not just you anymore. It's kind of great how you came from, what, not even five years ago. You left what you currently did. Probably was a pretty big gamble. Yeah, huge. Huge gamble, huge yeah. leap. You just went to school for so long, residency, everything, and then you wanted a whole new challenge. Yeah, well, once, once you know, I think once we allow this growth to happen, then, you know, I wake up every day like saying, all right, let's take this national. Oh, another growth. Uh, that's, yeah, you know, statewide and national. Well, you never know. You could be seeing an inpatient specialist group near you one day. Well. I'll throw in. I did. We did have an opportunity to go to Dubai, so you what? know, have a program working in Dubai that just came up recently. So maybe we'll go international. Well, Never I know. Hope so, well, Dr. Tuari, I'd like to thank you for coming today and sharing all about the company. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. <laughs>